client engagement is very key, making sure that the vision is being consolidated. Welcome to Actualizing Success. In this podcast series, our in-house advisors discuss today's finance and technology topics with an emphasis on solutions that embrace tomorrow. On this episode of Actualizing Success, we're discussing the integration of treasury management systems and enterprise resource planning systems. Joining us today is Priscilla Nagali, Director of Capital Markets and Treasury at Actualize Consulting, and Scott Rushton, Principal of Stormloop Technologies. Priscilla has extensive expertise in international cash, payment, investments, compliance, liquidity, and currency risk management, as well as a background working with structured funding scenarios on emerging and developed markets. She's an economist, CFA, and CTP charter holder. Scott earned his business degree from Duke University and from there spent two years with a workday partner. He quickly found his niche, helping companies streamline business processes, guiding companies through implementation. In 2018, he started boutique consulting firm Stormloop Technologies, specializing in workday integrations. The firm later branched out to other areas like adaptive planning and Salesforce. Stormloop Technologies delivers technical and functional expertise to clients across their HR and financial systems. Scott and Priscilla, thank you so much for joining us today. No problem. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Scott. Uh, we are, I will be, uh, you know, as, asking questions to Scott on where where do we see that work? I mean, just going back on our the relationship uh, between the companies. Scott and I, we worked a few times together. The last one, um, Scott was working with Workday and I was working with Kariba for a client and we were integrating the systems. And, you know, we have a number of interesting questions that always come up. So we thought we would share with the audience. Um, So questions that come up all the time and I will ask for Scott and I can, you know, chime in with if I have anything to add, but TMS versus ERP, right? Where does one start and the other stops? Uh, which data you hold in each, each system? What is the best way to reconcile the referential data? What are your thoughts, Scott? Yeah, no, it's a great, great point. Great starting point for the conversation. I, I think it's a common question, especially when you have clients that are implementing multiple new systems at the same time, uh, deciding which data needs to be held where and how that data will flow in each system. Uh, I can say from an ERP system, I know that you and I have done one in the past. We've done a Workday and a Kyriba uh, implementation simultaneously on previous project. Uh, really the benefit of, of having an ERP system is the reporting uh, and, and looking at what information is flowing in and out of your ERP system to leverage the treasury management system as a complement. Uh, your ERP system will have all of your organizational data. It will have your bank account data. will likely have the majority of your transactions as well. Uh, so the integrations that come with that can sometimes be extremely complex. And the line gets drawn between the TMS and the ERP really where you want it to be based on how much data you want to feed between the two systems. Uh, I know that some TMS systems have a little more flexibility than others in terms of what they can consume and how they can consume it. Uh, But again, it's really an open area that can be handled on a client-by-client basis. Yeah, and to add to that, I think uh, what I've seen is uh, TMS as being that face to the banks. 
because they are a little bit more of a plug and play rather than the ERP. So it's um, when I see hand in hand is like the TMS facing the banks and then the ERP only facing the TMS. So that way you you centralize and you focus the the effort. Yeah, treasury treasury tools have strong integration with with banks, especially with with globally accepted file formats like Nacho or ISO ISO two hundred twenty two. So very very quick to integrate, very quick to send transactions and send bank statements as well as inbound bank statements as well. So that way you only have one feed between. Your Kyrie, your Kyriba as an example, but any treasury management system and your ERP uh, to simplify your total number of integrations with your ERP system. Some ERPs don't integrate with banks as well as treasury management systems. So then taking a step further between the TMS and the ERP, how how do they interface? Like as you said it, you know, it can be complex. How can we mitigate how we can make it easier uh, on that integration. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's very common that when I start with a new ERP project, TMS integrations are typically in scope. Uh, but again, I think based on the client, the customization behind those integrations may vary. Some, some ERP systems have custom integration tools that can allow you to meet specific file formats. Others are more out of the box, may require some middleware in between the two systems to successfully translate the data. But again, it will it will depend on the client complexity. Um, for example, United States-based client that only does business in the United States versus a United States client that is global, uh, has bank accounts globally, may be very, very different in terms of how those systems integrate. Right, and that's subject to local jurisdiction and the data elements, right? That needs to be transitioned back and forth. Correct, as well as the varying details required on the bank accounts in each country. If you're U.S. only, you're not so worried about a bank identification code or a BIC. But if you're sending international wires or international payments, have international payees, you need to worry about bank codes, you need to worry about sort codes, uh, you'll have IBAN, BIC. I mean, there's a lot of different elements on the bank side that can just make the integration more and more complex. Yeah, with, with, with that said, I mean, I think there is a place for it, right, to store that data. And then I think once we structure the interface between the two systems, that data will just flow. It's just really more of a, an upfront work, making sure the mapping is there. So how how would you define, I mean, what is the best implementation strategy and testing? What would be the right approach, Scott, on your view? Really, from an implementation perspective, I think your first question regarding where does one start and the other, uh, where does one end and the other start uh, is a great starting point, right? Identifying your, your data structure between your TMS and your ERP system, both in the short term and the long term. You want to make sure that you have a sustainable and scalable system architecture across your company so that the data flows, the integrations, and the data where data is stored is is something that you can do for the long term. Um, that may require a little bit more work up front, but it's worth it in the, in the long run because then you're not undergoing multiple implementations. 
Additionally, resources from a time and a budget perspective is also worthy of consideration. From a budgeting perspective, you may need consultants, consultancy or just an independent consultant to help you with your implementation, which will come at a cost. And then the systems themselves, uh, every tre- treasury management system or ERP uh, would have its own, likely a licensing or subscription fee of some sort. So when it comes to implementations, I think budgeting as well as actually planning the data structure and the data flows ahead of time are likely the two most significant aspects. And then from from a timeline perspective, you can combine how much effort is required to build that data structure and those data flows. And then from a you know total spend from both the monetary point of view and the time point of view or resource allocation point of view, uh, how much are you willing to, to commit to on a monthly or weekly basis to get it done? I think those are the two most influential pieces to early parts of an implementation. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I would define the, the readiness, right? So I think there are a number of factors uh, on the planning stage that is just not how the system should look like. It's like how, how we're going to make it work, right? So what is realistic, right? And how much help you you actually going to need? And, and I think from, from um, testing and, and how do you plan that strategy, I think the, the timing is very key as well when you need to start the ERP implementation, where you need to start the TMS implementation. So at some point they meet and, and that needs to be also properly planned because we did have instances, not on that project that we worked together, but from our experience where we had to catch up and that was not ideal and on the other hand it also helped where we were done we just put the project on hold when the ERP was ready so it's very important to get educated and understand when to start each system given the the length and where you know how, how long it takes to get things set up until they're ready to connect and question I guess question that came from our earlier discussion that I think that would be worthy to discuss is from an order of events perspective, I know you've worked with a few treasury management vendors, uh, but in terms of when that is selected in the process of selecting one, is that something that if you're implementing multiple systems, you want to nail down your TMS first, or is that something where you want to build your other architecture and then add the TMS to complement that? Yeah, I think you you need you need to make all those decisions up front, even if you're not gonna pull immediately the trigger. But what is important is to understand what you're gonna do where, right? So there is, even though it's very well defined where both systems excel, but there's some overlap, right? So having that conversation with everybody on the table um, is important, uh, so you don't go too far down one route to just really backtrack and undo certain things. I've also seen that happening. So I think when you're structuring the design, you need to have all parties on the table and talk through it. And who who are those players? Like who are the key components on the client side that would factor into a TMS decision? 
That, that's, a, that's a good question. Usually, if we would have someone from the treasury group, because when you do enroll to a TMS, you're not only looking to support uh, the AP and AR and accounting processes, you're also trying to benefit from a treasury strategy perspective, right? You're trying to optimize uh, your trading activity. You're trying to optimize your cash cash forecasting and also you definitely want treasury on the table. You want uh, internal IT and you want all the, the consultants to be involved. Most important too is have a good understanding of your current scope on hand. So we, we usually start by having that current state design. So to even have that conversation on how future state should look like. So that usually is part of the discovery uh, as you were trying to understand what you need from a TMS. Yeah, I think from an SOW perspective, as you bring in your consultancies, whether they be independent or a partner in any of the technologies, some of the bigger line items on an SOW are are the integrations, uh, the data flows between multiple systems. So you're going to want to have those, uh, the consultants or at least the sales teams from those teams in the room so that they can talk about the budget impacts of going certain routes and selecting certain systems. So some systems, as you've stated, integrate with others very easily. Uh, Some integrate with banks very easily and some do not. Um, So it's important that you know as you select your systems and when you're selecting your systems, which ones do. And and just from uh, one more point that I usually get the questions and um, if, when you're into the design, right? Uh, and there is obviously a lot of requirements around approval and workflows uh, of payments, accounting data. What is the workflow that sits on the ERP? What's the workflow that sits on the TMS? From both payment and journal entries, I would say that's the most common ones, common ones yeah. that we see that they interface? Uh, so the workflows, when you when you integrate with a lot of ERP systems, uh, you can put approval workflows in the TMS system. You can put them in the ERP system. Uh, you can put them really where your business likes to operate. Uh, when you integrate with ERP systems, many of them have the ability to load items and overwrite the approval process. So they come in auto-approved under the assumption that they've been approved in the source system. Uh, so if you have a team that likes to keep all of their, their approvals in the TMS, approvals can happen there. ERPs, most of them have the ability to input uh, approval steps there as well. So really some some opportunities for customization there, but that all falls into that design period, right? That's something where you're actually sitting down, doing demos and walking through what the day-to-day and week-to-week, I guess in the case of, of a treasury management system, I guess, month to month and quarter to quarter are also significant. What those processes look like. Uh, yeah, so and also adding to it, there is the cost perspective, right? Because you might not want 100 people on both systems because uh, that might have an implication on, on licensing, right? Right, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, licensing as well as uh, time, right? If you have a team that operates very quickly in one system, Right, you're going to want them to do their do all of their operational approvals in that system, rather than familiarize themselves with another. So I think we we talked a lot about uh, interfaces, how 
how the the two systems work what is best any any things on, on project management scott that you would recommend like for project managers looking to structure an erp to a tms and a tms implementation at the same time what would be your recommendations to them absolutely so uh oftentimes with these with these projects that involve both systems uh, project managers and projects really slow the pace when it comes to volume. They'll try to run initial tests and initial development based on production volume, which seems like a strong approach because you're testing with relevant material and relevant volumes, volume levels. Um, but at the same time, you'll run into a lot of gotchas, a lot of small errors, potentially some bugs early on uh, that are going to to cause some issues and potentially cause some delays. For example, if you're loading in a huge file of global journals, maybe don't load the whole file on your first run and then sift through the hundreds of errors trying to figure out what went wrong. Um, from a project management perspective, it makes more sense to isolate. Start with some small, very basic unit tests. Start with some small, very basic wins to show some progress uh, and then scale up from there. So it's definitely common for you know some of these clients that, that you and I have both worked on, some, some of which even together, uh, have been very large, right? They do a ton of transactions. They have a ton of bank accounts, ton of journals and payments. Uh, so definitely from a project management perspective, it makes sense to put together a logical, sequential series of small unit tests that can then be scaled up to a, a later round of SIT or end-to-end testing where... It's a higher scale. Yeah. So if I'm here, is like get get some quick wins, get the team excited, and and troubleshoot a, as you go, rather than overwhelming everyone. Yeah, yeah. So if you're loading in journals for ten countries at once, and you know eight of them fail and two of them are successful, you know, rather than showing the project as red because not all of the countries are in, you know, focus on one country at a time, right? Get your United States journals in, make sure they're successful and validated. Maybe you'll learn something about your next country. Then you can focus on maybe two or three countries at the same time, trying to get them in, trying to get those those small small files in or, or whatever it is. If it's a transaction in a journal, just trying to, to show progress rather than get overwhelmed by the amount of work that's required to make everything work at the same time. Right. So it doesn't necessarily mean you need to go live with everything at the same time. But from a testing perspective, it makes sense to isolate and show progress before you do your uh, what I what I call you know, P- PVT or payment validation testing or, or journal journal end to end loads or or whatever the transaction level is, just making sure that it's done at a production level. Correct. Yeah. Phase phase the project uh, in an in an appropriate way, appropriate level, and have those proof of concepts. Um, a small proof of concept. Just uh, what I what I also run into is like. It sometimes it's very hard for a client to really picture how things would look like. So for everything that we do, we do a proof of concepts just to get everybody on the same page, right? So because then it's easier to reverse course before you do a big band approach and finding that, you know, that's not what it was expected. So we, we do proof of concepts along the way just to make sure that we, we just bring everybody to the same page on each step. So in client engagement is very key um, as well, right? Making sure that the vision is being consolidated as we move along. Agreed, as well as uh, sign-off. 
right? Like you want to you want to keep your sign offs rolling as you're going, right? Make sure that the client is engaged, client is working, as well as ability to review the results on an ongoing basis. Yeah. Right? I mean, we talked a bit about best practice in the past. Uh, I think you know you and myself, our team, both our teams are are very skilled in, in what we do in our ERP or our TMS backgrounds. So. It's very easy to hop into a project and just think that it's like something that you've done in the past, you know, and just roll with it, you know, do things the way that you've done them, the way that you're comfortable with. And if the client's not consistently, you know, signing off and reviewing your work, it's very possible that that experience may not be as valuable as you thought or may not be as uh, applicable to this current client as it was in the past. Right. So it's very important that you have that perspective during the design and then during the build and the architecture you know, as early as possible, just constantly, you know, hopping on the, hopping on a zoom, sharing your screen with the client, sending screenshots, whatever it is to say, you know, here's where we're at. Here are the current results. Just make sure you're moving in the right direction. Yeah. Right? Uh, we talked about budget, but you know, as a, as a small boutique consulting firm, you don't want to go through months of development only to find out that it was all wrong. You don't want to have to have that conversation of, hey, we scoped this at X. We tracked this much effort over the past three months. None of that effort is applicable. So our initial scope changes because, because we didn't ask you for your feedback, right? You want to be transparent throughout the process. And I think that's, that's very important, but that's a great, great point. Yeah. What are the key tips that you would give um, to clients and project managers out there for a successful project? So some of the, the key things I think we already discussed on, but I'll reiterate, I think the first one would just be your due diligence on the system and the, and the system's integration capabilities with other systems, uh, right? So you want to look at your ERPs and your TMS systems to say, okay, if we go with this, what do the data flows look like, right? Which data do I need to load into the system and where does it come from? Where do I need to pull data from this system? And, or, or to where do I need to send data from this system? Uh, and what does that process look like, right? You want to have a clean set of architecture, or I guess of systems in your system architecture, but you also want to make sure that you're you know, picking tools that are easily integrated uh, and, and not, not complex outside of the realm of your resources, right? If you have, if you have the resources that are, limited on the integration or the technical side, you want to pick tools and systems that really play to your resource strengths. I think the, the second piece will be uh, identifying the key players on the project from an internal and an external perspective. Uh, as you know, you know, as a member of, of Actualize, you, you can join a project early, you can help with the system decision, you can help with the project plan, Sometimes you get added to the added to the project after all that has already happened, uh, and maybe it didn't happen as it as it should have. So, getting those people in the room early, right? Having the bright people in the room when you're having those system discussions, when you're having those data structure and those data flow discussions, is very important. And then the third point would be uh, being realistic about timelines, right? I mean. An ERP is, uh, it sounds, it's, I guess it sounds small and you're just talking about it like we are, but like 
These implementations are usually complete system overhauls for businesses, especially for global businesses. Uh, they may have benefits, payroll, HCM uh, implications, right? Time off, leave, every everything. If you're just doing, because a lot of them have, I guess, financial and, and HR crossover. Uh, so take your time picking the systems, take your time planning the project, uh, and, and definitely uh, start with the, the project plan and the resources and should be good to go. But I don't know, I mean, do you have any anything to add based on your experience? Yeah, I think the 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 planning um, is just like the <laughs> fail to plan is a plan to fail, right? So I can't go wrong. I th and also one item that I think it's key is just the processes review and how your processes are today. I mean, I think it does require change management and being flexible to to embrace the change, right? So. A culture of change management um, with the same system, same consultants, uh, it just go so much better when the team is open to the change and is flexible and is making the decisions that that are necessary at the right time. So a strong decision maker uh, on the project, uh, so as flexibility to embrace new processes and change management. That is very important. It does trigger to the success of the project or a fail of the project just from that soft skills of the team engaged. Agreed. Agreed. And then uh, like, I think the last, last piece, I think it echoes both of our points is the budget, right? <laughs> you want to have, you want to understand the cost, the cost associated with an implementation uh, from a consultant perspective from a dollar value, from a system perspective, from a dollar value, and then from your own team members, from a time value, right? Everybody's gonna have their day-to-day. -day. Everybody's probably gonna be involved with other projects. How much time is gonna be required from those resources? Do you need to open up new headcount uh, to help support the implementation and the systems in the future? I mean, those are all things that are better, better to be, all discussions that are better to be had prior to starting the project so you're not three months in and wishing that you had a new treasury manager on your team or a new systems analyst on your team to help with the project so no i think those are all, all valid points and definitely something that we try to consider when we start a new project no matter when we join i know you you do the same oh so well scott Thank you so much. It was a, a great pleasure having you at the Actualize podcast. We look forward to work more with you. Uh, it has been always a pleasure. And uh, thank you so much. Oh, no doubt. Appreciate the time. Uh, I think we'll definitely be uh, definitely be working together again here pretty soon. I know we have a few potential opportunities uh, that we're talking through. So happy to chat. Uh, willing to hop on anytime to talk through anything. And I really appreciate the opportunity. If you enjoyed this conversation today or are interested in talking more about a solution for your organization, head to the show notes where you'll find Scott and Priscilla's emails and LinkedIn profiles. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Actualizing Success. Make sure to visit us online at www.actualizeconsulting.com where you can explore our service offerings. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or your preferred platform. If you've enjoyed what we talked about today, please consider leaving a review and following us on LinkedIn. If you have any questions or would like to share your opinions with us, 
please send us a note at podcast at actualizedconsulting.com. We look forward to hearing from you.